Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian C., and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. everybody and welcome to another episode of the rpg show uh my name is nick i'm your host and uh today i've got uh with me kevin and travis and uh we're gonna be talking about 13 sentinels aegis rim so uh say hi guys hi guys hello what's up um so this game uh i guess we weren't really going to be Playing like it wasn't like a. I guess for me when it came, when it came out, I wasn't like, oh man, I gotta get on this right away kind of thing. But uh, I guess it was for Kevin, and that's why we got dragged into it. <laughs> so like, is there like was there any particular reason why you're like, oh man, we need to play this game uh, like right away? The reason I really wanted to play it because it's like something new, and I didn't want to have it spoiled before I got to it. Like I wanted like it's a new IP, so um, a lot of things are like sequels or um spinoffs or any, this is like totally new something that i've you know i didn't have any idea about and i just got excited about it <laughs> have you played any other other shit uh what's the other shit like odin sphere and uh dragon's crown Grim and... i played dragon's crown that wasn't that great but uh odin sphere i like watched some trailers and stuff but i just didn't it didn't like hook me but this kind of did with like the tra- the time travel and all the other kind of stuff so that's kind of why i got excited about it too i mean own sphere kind of has a, a similar thing where you play a bunch of characters but i think and you can pick the order and it kind of all comes together but that's more combat focused <laughs> i think they also did like muramasa or something on the vita oh yeah yeah you, you can do like that game I, I couldn't. I, I got kind of bored with it, but I know you said you liked it. Yeah, so their stuff's kind of hit or miss. It depends on how much you dig whatever genre they're doing. Like, I really like Dragon's Crown, but I also like uh, 2D beat em ups like uh, Knights of the Round and shit like that from when I was growing up and playing shit in the arcade. So well, I enjoyed the hell out of that. But this, yeah, this is kind of like a, like a new take for them because this is really like completely different than everything else that they've done. And I think that. Grim Memoria game, whatever, is like some kind of RTS weird shooter shit. But well, yeah, I think it's like I, like I didn't play it because it didn't look interesting to me. But I think it's like you you get a room, right? And yeah, it's almost like a tower defense where you have to defend. Something. Yeah. And like you don't move rooms or, or something, and the enemies coming from the sides. At least from what I, I remember seeing. 
I got it on uh, PS3, um, PS2 Classics. I played it for like 35 minutes, and I, I can't do that shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's like, one, like, I think someone has said, it's like one of the highest rated uh, games on Metacritic. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I was like, oh, okay, let me try it. But it's just that genre the same for me. I got you. All right. Uh, well, I guess uh, the way we do things around here is we typically talk about, was it five or six categories? We got gameplay, uh, the story, visuals, music, overall, and then replayability slash extra content. Um, so we're just going to kind of go through everything, give uh, our general um, opinions on each subject, give it a rating from one through five, talk about our likes or dislikes, uh, and then we'll kind of buffer everything with a musical break in between. Um, yeah, are y'all ready to get started? Yep. Yep. Okay. So, uh, first thing we'll talk about is gameplay. Um, and this game's kind of unique in that it has two, uh, I'd say, drastically different gameplay elements going on. Uh, in regards to the main uh, plot of, like, the narrative, you're it's kind of like a visual novel like i would say everybody describes it as a visual novel but i would say it's more like an old school graphic adventure game where you move around yeah on a field and you have like you don't have like items or like a command line to type shit in but you have choices and you get these thoughts uh like uh topics that you can think about and you can broach these topics with other characters or like dwell on them for more insight or something like that to kind of give yourself a new clue to open up a new path in the in the narrative it's almost like um, two games, though. That's that's what it, you know what I mean. Say that again. So it's almost like playing two different games at the same time. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then the other part of the game is the RTS strategy-ish combat section, where you uh, control up to six characters, and you give them commands on the field, and it takes place as kind of like a turn-based thing where everybody, uh, they make an app in action and then they have a cooldown uh, that they have to wait before their turn comes back. And you move around like a uh, an area, I guess, and some characters fly so they don't have to follow the navigational paths and some the rest of the characters walk and they you can position them like move them around the field to kind of cover different parts of the area if you want to. And some can jump. Um, that's right. The melee, the melee ones, the first, uh, fuck, first, the hell's that damn word for like the first iteration of something? The Mark ones, I guess. The Seminoles. The best ones. Uh, yeah, the, the best ones because you fucking tongue yeah. into that drill shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you, uh, every character has got different like attacks, and each within the, the different uh, groups of the Sentinels, each uh, Sentinel can have different attacks too. Like some characters have a unique attack that's uh, that nobody else has. I never really used them. I don't recall. Like I think I mainly anytime I had to use a like a Mark One, I mainly pumped up the drill attack thing, and they just had them like run behind the big fucking enemies and just use that thing, and they pretty much like one shot almost everybody with that. Um, and then, like, the Mark IIs are, like, a, the all-rounders bounce type, and they've got, like, a mix between, like, physical attacks and, like, long-range attacks. And, and they the also... So, the yeah. <laughs> they have yeah. the best attack in the game. 
right? Well, Sage Gun is, is one of the best things. Oh, it's the best. Okay, I thought he's. I thought he said they have the best attacks. So I was like, well, what else? What else is besides sentries? But uh, I may have also got the, the guardian thing, which I yeah. tried using every once in a while, but I don't remember that actually being very helpful. What was it? Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I see. I guess maybe I see the concept of it, um, but I didn't really use it too much either. The uh, the guardian, Kevin. Uh, I guess it was pretty much more like a taunting, explosive target oh, yeah, enemies. I used them to... like a couple times. I was like, uh, just a waste of my. I just used more it's, sentries. <laughs> it's like the same thing as the gravity missile, almost really. But well, I guess the difference is like you, it it subsists on the field, so like you can throw it out, and if uh, like nobody has destroyed it yet, it'll kind of stay there. Whereas the gravity missile, like you fired, and that's it. Right. Need to be fired again. I like. I definitely used the gravity missile more because it was like a like I like I would fire the gravity missile out and then switch to somebody else who had a big fucking nuke or something in that area and just explode everybody up. So, uh, but essentially, there's a lot of different options. Well, to an extent, there's but there's there's a lot of variety you can do with your characters um, and the uh, sentinels, and you can you're kind of limited on the teams you can make because of this uh, like mechanic it's like brain overdrive or over limit or something and you initially your characters can only fight two um battles before they have to take a rest but if you increase their was it neuro chip or something uh level then it'll it'll give you like i think if you level it up twice you get uh like a third fight or you can, they can do before rest. they have to rest again oh, i didn't know that or you can just have them rest and say fuck it doesn't really. Well, I mean, I didn't rest to the end, but I also started bitching out towards the end, putting on easy. So. Well, yeah, I didn't rest at all. I just uh, I tried to balance out the characters as much as I could because I wanted to get a higher score. Uh, because I realized that once you max out the score, you get the mystery points bonuses or whatever. And I wasn't trying to like, play fucking battles over and over again to get more mystery points. I just wanted to make sure I was able to max them all out as fast as I could to like buy all the shit in the mystery shop and get the trophy that way. Well, I, the only time I rested was when there was like conditions and that character for that condition was brain overload, so then I rested then. So that's. I didn't rest until like the last five battles and then I just rested every time and I just used the mech once and I think the mech threes for the the rain missile or whatever. I was just trying to just bullshit the game through it to see the story out. Threes that much. I used the the one, two, and fours where they could. Well, that rain missile is just easy. It's just like fucking these up, and you're playing on easy. It's just an easy way to just Uh, hurry up. Yeah, they weren't that effective on normal. I think. Well, yeah, depend. Like they're they're the threes. They had the the fucking huge lasers though. Like, yeah, it was I, a straight line, and it was like I don't know, two inches thick sometimes, depending on whether you used the upgraded one or the normal one. And that shit, like, pretty much went, I would say, like three quarters of the field most of the time, and it would just melt. Hmm. Yeah, the and the nerdy, the nerdy chick with the glasses, she had the uh, the upgrade where it can like sometimes randomly do twice, which it pretty much always did twice. That fucked yeah. shit up. I guess I never got into that that uh, class. So I was always using the flying guys and then um, my, my melee guy and then um, the sent the what's the second class have what's it called 
They're awesome. It's an all rounder or whatever with, with the centuries. The centuries, yeah. I would just use. I would just like fucking have eighteen centuries out there. <laughs> if I didn't have cold steel forges sitting there for me to play, I would have probably dug more into the combat. So I played the first two areas on hard. I wasn't getting S ranks or anything on some of the later ones in two, but. And I was like, fuck it, I need to play Gold Steel 4. So I just dropped it on easy and just finished it Pushed up. Fair enough. Yeah, like, I guess it's just a t- testament to what you can do with with your playstyle. Like, I maxed out the, the levels of my, uh, my the Mark III Sentinel people. Like, they were way higher level than everybody else because every time they attacked, they, like, fucking obliterated half the field and nobody else had a chance to destroy anything. So it's like, well, maybe I should stop using them for a while and so I can level up my other characters. But... Yeah. I was more of a melee guy, so I just jumped around with my guys and smashed them and jumped to the other side of the screen. Well, I would use, like, for the uh, the mech one guys, I would use the the thing where I think they can move faster, but it takes away defense, <laughs> and just, like, rush up on the big-ass enemies and just try to take them out. So did y'all ever have anybody, like, get their sentinel destroyed or anything? Uh, one, uh, one time. I, I mean, I've... Yeah, one time I had the the guy, like the nerdy guy um fly into like a big old mass and his mech got just like fucked up and then he they like expelled him from the mech and then like he's like a little dude like running around the screen. <laughs> yeah, I had that happen, but I think if that dude dies if the mission's over, right? Yeah, I don't think he died. He didn't die. I just had to like I think I died on on I think I died, lost a, a mission one time because of that. I think I was just trying to fuck around and see some things. I just had him oh, like, okay. go to a safe area and you can like regenerate the mech or something somehow. Yeah, I never had to have that happen to me, so I was just curious. I think never... the comp- I mean, it's pretty in depth for what it really needs to be, I think, but I also think it's kind of probably easy to tease ways around shit too. Oh, probably. Like, it's it's definitely one of those things, like, the first, what, area is kind of easy, and then they kind of step it up, but they just start summoning hordes and hordes and hordes. It's a fucking uh, kaiju, and it's like, okay. But I, well, I didn't even know that you could up, like, this the thing where you hit, like, triangle, and you can just do random things or whatever. I didn't, oh, like, I didn't even, or whatever? Yeah, I didn't even realize that, that it, you could do anything other than just, like, the initial one they give you where it just kind of hits every enemy until <laughs> I was, like, on the second area. Like, oh shit! I haven't upgraded this thing at all. Oh yeah, I mean that's you have to buy it first, so it's not like I don't know. They don't really explain things very well. I think uh, they just assume that you can figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So I guess if you everybody ever... except Travis, then you, you don't have much of a problem. You, they don't explain <laughs> all the moves or anything. Like you just have to kind of like read them all like individually, and like then you have to like think. And is this going to be worth spending the points on or not? Or I guess you could like save scum it and try, but I don't know. That seems like a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, they could have had like a like the, instead of the screen at the bottom right that like showed the animation for that you never get to see. They should have had like a this is a projected yeah, area of effect or I something like that. that. Yeah, that was kind of disappointing too. Like I guess with the whole animation, like they don't really show the moves. Like they they show like a cool little animation when you like go to buy the the move but then they never show any of those moves on screen so yeah like god of war did that um where it's like when you go to a year upgrade it like shows kratos like coming at the enemy and how it looks and like if it fits your play style all right uh well let's uh let's i guess let's talk our likes is there anything y'all liked about the 
I guess we'll we'll split it into two, like the, the visual yeah. novel part and then I guess we'll talk about the, the combat part. So uh I guess I'll start with Travis. Is there anything you liked about the visual novel stuff? Um I I wouldn't say there's anything that I really liked like like really enjoyed about the visual novel as far as like the gameplay mechanics. There's quite a few things I dislike, but <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> All right. Um, well, anything you liked about the combat? Uh, as far as the combat goes, yeah. I mean, I thought that it actually was, say, you know, like you were saying, after the first area, it seems like it's pretty much like I'm like, you got way too much in death for how easy this fucking game is. Because even on hard, I was rolling through S ranks. Yeah. But then you know, that... then I once you start getting. I don't think the challenge I mean, was too much, too hard until the third, third wave or whatever they call that. Uh, yeah. Then, then it actually stepped up in difficulty. And while I like some of that stuff, um, I you know I, I think I'm kind of my opinion's kind of jaded on a lot of it since Cold Steel Four was sitting there, and I couldn't just sit there and just like take it all in and play it. I was just kind of in a rush. I mean, I can appreciate how much. Uh, work they put into just the RTS part because even it's not really pretty much a small percentage of the game if you really break it down hours I would think yeah I mean I, I don't know but I, I'm imagining you're at least three quarters of your time spent in the visual novel I would think I mean, you can view missions pretty fast of, yeah that's I mean, it depends on how much you make of it. Like, if you're playing the game just to play it and get done with it, then uh, the visual novel is a bigger chunk. But they have, like, this, what, infinite um, wave thing. I guess after you beat the the final battle, where you can just kind of keep doing wave after wave after wave, uh, if that's what you really want to do. So uh, it would eventually have more playtime in that than it would in the visual novel because it's... A Almost never ending. I think it goes up to like nine, 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 and then re ticks oh, over yeah. back to one. So somebody in Japan did that or something. Wow. I uh, but it really just depends. Like, the... what's that? Well, I was just saying, well, I didn't realize they could keep going. I, I saw that, like, after you beat the game, they had that extra um, wave you could do, but I didn't know it just kept going forever. I'm not thinking it's quite interesting, but I don't see me fucking playing it too much after I beat the game, eat one way yeah. or the other. It's not like it's, it's some amazing gameplay or anything. Fair enough. Uh, so, what did you like? Uh, Kevin, anything? I like the... Uh, I like visual novels, so I did enjoy, you know, that part of it. Um, you know, just going around, talking to people. I just like that kind of stuff, so... And then the characters are pretty interesting, uh, I would say, or at least some of them were, some of them were not, I guess, but, um, yeah, it, it was, it was fine. And then I like the, um, the battle system, like, you know, I like that you could switch it up. Like you can go at your pace. Like if you get kind of bored with the story, you can throw a battle in, um, I guess until they force you to get to a certain story point, but, um, I did like, you know, I'm getting a little bored of the story. I'll go to the battle. And then I'm getting, the battle's kind of boring me now. I'm going to go back to the story. So I, I like that, that you can kind of keep your balance how you wanted it. So I did kind of appreciate that. <clears throat> um, uh, but yeah, that's, 
I did like uh, figuring out. It kind of had like a StarCraft kind of feel to it to me. I don't know for the battle system okay. where you kind of like I, you figure out your your uh, your play style and you, you know mine was more of aggressive like melee style. So that's that's what I geared my guys to. So that was kind of that was uh, I enjoyed that. So what about you? All right. Uh, well, for me, uh, for the visual novel aspect, I enjoyed that it was more um, involved than a typical visual novel, where you just mash X and you just read text the whole time. Um, and I guess I'll talk about that part, the dislikes part. But uh, for the <laughs> combat, when I was playing, I felt like a it was like a unique kind of a perspective for me, where I felt like I was actually a commander controlling my troops. Um, I guess with the way that they set up the uh, the visual aspects of it, like you weren't actually like on the ground level looking at anything. You were kind of getting a bird's eye view, and you were moving your characters around and uh, giving them actions. And they were, had a little like chatter back and forth, uh, which was pretty neat sometimes. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah, it was just uh, what's that? I was just saying, I like that too, where like in the battle, like someone gets damaged, they'll comment on it or something like that, or yeah, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. Like it, especially after going from the uh, the plot, the narrative into here, uh, like it, it was weird at first because it's like this is taking place when everybody's kind of become acquainted with each other, yeah, and the plot. It, like you're like nobody knows each other yet kind of thing and so it's like a bit jarring jumping back and forth at, at least at the very beginning where like nobody knows each other to like oh hey it's you uh fucking Izumakun like oh I didn't know you know each other you guys knew each other yet like okay yeah that kind of that's a bit jarring that's that's definitely a negative or it's like I don't like that part about it where they're talking to each other about stuff that they assume you know or they make you know references or inferences based on characters that like they don't know about or you don't think they know about so that's kind of yeah it's kind of confusing mm-hmm. it's fucking it's fucking dumb is what it is <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> well why don't you jump into what you didn't like since you seem uh, kind of <laughs> uh, I, I uh my got a lot of dislikes for the visual novel aspect I, I do not like how you get to pick your order i don't know how if they bother y'all, but I'm always always trying to keep things pretty even, and I feel like I was like screwing myself on a lot of like cliffhangers. Like you're, you're probably, you're I probably, yourself, I probably just you going back into that character, but I'm like I don't want this character at like sixty percent and this character at fifteen. I feel like I feel like I was going to miss out by by doing one character's story too much, so I was always swapping around. I don't know. I feel like it just really ruined the game for me. Like I would have preferred. It just everything played out for you, as far as the characters and the combat. Like they they do everything for you. You you don't I can have to understand that. It's like you do this character, you do this character. It, it picks it for you, and then you go into a battle. So I feel like I'm I like constantly like trying to figure out like how I should manage it. I don't I don't like micromanaging shit. So to me, it was a bothersome. And I feel like maybe the story could have made more sense to me yeah, I felt like, maybe not it's just confusing either way I felt like they uh, didn't balance that good enough where to me I, I kind of just went I did as much as I could with one character until I couldn't 
And then I try to find the other character that was with that one that I was doing and do that one next. So that way I wasn't like spoiling some other like chapters or characters. But there's no like real like guiding path to, to, to do it. It's just like now this guy's available. Now this guy's available after the first two, you know. And they kind of lock certain things out and then you don't even lock the, the uh, senpai guy till like towards the very end of the game. And then he's back at like zero percent I, I don't know it just it bothered the shit out like it bothered me a ton yeah I, I think the worst part was that uh not every character's like storyline took place at the same time like some characters their plot took place like what like two weeks in advance uh and then yeah. like they kind of like went over the course of a week their whole storyline and then some of the characters like it took place over a single day and was, like, yeah the, like... day, the day before the battle and like that's their whole plot like oh shit yeah, should I be playing this guy yet? Because uh... one guy's well, one guy's whole uh, storyline was just like a time loop he just was stuck in. I was like, what the fuck? But he's like, yeah, normal, he's yeah, like normal yeah, and all the, the other guy, like uh, June, whatever fucking name is Junpei or yeah. But he was like normal in all the other storylines, but then his own one, he was just in a time loop. I'm like, what? I I don't understand how he got there. Oh, you're talking about the dude on the train? Yeah, the train guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, the the main dude too. Like his story pretty much started off the exact same every time too. And I was like, all right, I grab the fucking bag, I go out, I got ditch this dumbass so I can well, go talk to somebody. Yeah, that so, was everybody though. Like, everybody started with this Groundhog Day shit where they start like even like so like Miura when he started, he was looking out over the 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 city skyline or whatever off of the bridge or whatever he landed from back in the past with his sentinel. Oh, and he's yeah. always like, well, I guess I'll go talk to fucking uh, the girl I'm in love with today. Where is she at? Oh, she's at school. So you have to go to school. And you wait for her outside the fucking locker room. And then she comes out. Or somebody's like, oh, she's not here today. And you're like, oh, where's she at? Let me go find her. Yeah. It's so, like every character, like the chick that is in love with fucking Izumi. Like she like, she starts in the classroom, walks out of the classroom. Izumi leaves and he's like, don't fucking talk to me, bitch. And she's like, ugh. Okay, and then like you go like you meet the cat. And the cat's like, "Hey, you got to shoot everybody with this gun." And then like you you go home, and the cat's like, "Hey, did you shoot the person with the gun yet?" And you're like, "I'm gonna make dinner for Izumi." Yeah, um, or what does he want to eat? Hamburger yeah. or fucking fish? No one cares. Yeah, Hamburg steak. <laughs> Hamburger. Where the fuck? Whatever the fuck they call oh, it. That was so weird. I'm like, just call it fucking hamburger. What? I mean, like some of the characters felt more different because I feel like things played out quite a bit different each time you did it. Where like some of the characters I feel like like I'm doing the same shit and then this one small thing. It's I don't know, it just I think and I guess some people like that you're confused not understand the game. But no. to me I'm like <laughs> am, to me I'm like am I just like do I just don't fucking get it? And then everybody's like, oh you're not supposed to get it till the end. And I'm like, okay well that's I like I mean I guess it's just not I guess I can also say, like, one other thing I also liked was, like, they kept, like, it kept changing what you thought it was. Like, at first it was, like, a time travel, then you're like, is it different dimensions? What they ultimately got to, I wasn't happy with, but, like, I did, like, in the moment, it was good, but I didn't, I didn't like the final result, I guess. And I don't, I don't like the third option of the mission, like, was it the mystery points? Like, why the fuck is that even percentage? I don't even understand the point in that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't read most of them. Like, I read, like... I don't know. Maybe the first ten hours, like, I would unlock one and read it. Like, but I'm like, oh, this is no new information. It's just well, the first like thirty of them are oh, about the characters and stuff like that. Or they're kind of interesting. But then you get one like 
the, the fucking just like some stupid like the vending machine. I mean, I'm just making up shit, but it's like okay, I don't fucking care. Like, why would I waste the point in that? Yeah, one's like oh, hamburger yeah. steak. This is this guy's favorite food. <laughs> yeah, like no one fucking cares. Like maybe I don't know. Maybe do people do care? I don't. No one. Cares. I feel like it's one of those things that they they put in so that uh, after you beat the game and you unlocked everything and you come back to it two years later instead of playing the game again, you can just read the fucking mystery files and be like, oh yeah, that's what happened. Or just watch it anymore. I mean, I know that there was, uh, I think it was Paul from RP Gamer. She, her, she liked the way that it laid out that way because she said that you could, you would get like Easter eggs where if you play someone's story first, you're like, oh, they're referring to this. And I'm like, okay, I see that argument. But to me, I would just prefer everything. I mean, I, would, I think I would have put a story better if it was an anime. It just played out for the me. The problem, the problem to me yeah. is like, I, I, the way I played was like I did everyone at once, like as much as I could at once. So by the time I got the back back to some of the other people like I forgot half the shit it was that's that yeah. it's like the, there's a guy that was like the main character like he thought he was the main character and this is one of my dislikes it's like they kind of trick you it's like this is the main guy and then he's not it's like everyone's the main guy but uh, you you do him first and then you don't go back to him to like the very end of the game so I was like I'm trying to remember <laughs> what happened yeah. yeah, and I, I can like, I mean, so I started getting the names down pretty decent toward, like, after I played for a while, but at first I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, and some people have three names, or some some people are like another person that's grown up, and you're like, what <laughs> the fuck? Or you're like, this is the other gen, this is from the last uh, generation, but he's now older, but now he has a different name. I'm, I'm like, so confused. Yeah, I think that that's part of the problem with like having Japanese games or games from a different language when they don't translate like the names to the language that you are used to using. Cause like, I can't, I'll watch anime sometimes and like, they will be like throwing out like five people's names and I'm like, like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to retain any of this information. <laughs> like, yes. like, like, and then some of them are similar. So they'll have like Mitsumura and then like Mitsutomo and it's like, okay, well, unless you like, you tell me their name like eight fucking times in the course of like 10 seconds uh, and like point them out and that's all that's all all the information i'm getting like because i can barely remember people's names in real life as it is so like balancing like 16 fucking characters names in this game is a a bit of a bit of a hurdle and i guess also i have a problem where like you can play one character's pov and you only interact with like three characters so you learn their names kind of while you're playing this character and then you play another character and then the People like everybody you just interacted with before gone. Like they didn't, they don't, they don't even exist anymore. And you're acting with like two to three new characters in this person's uh, point of view. And then you switch to another one, and it's like fuck. None of those six people that you just heard about are, are relevant to this person's plot. And it's like one person and another person, and they're like playing a cat and mouse game. And you're like fuck, man. Okay, so you do this person's POV as much as you can, and you go to the next person, and it's like. Oh, there's one person referenced from like the first person's POV, but then you got like three other new characters, and you got to learn all their names. And it's like shit. Yes. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I don't know if this annoys y'all, but like you know how you have like the little like green markers up the top to let you know what fucking things you needed to like click on to, to yeah. get rid of them. Like I don't know. I feel like, I feel like unless I'm just dumb, it, it didn't. They weren't like extra highlighted, so you could see which ones they are. So I'm like constantly having to pick on the same like thought bubble over like the same ones to kind of get rid of these damn things all the time well so one of them i think the way it worked is uh you, whatever clues you have uh that are you that you can use in this scene or whatever there'd be boxes in the corner 
Uh, if the boxes were like just an outline, that means you used it before. If it was a uh, like a filled-in green box, that means that you haven't used it yet, and you can use it to get information from right, something. But, but that thought bubble, if you don't know what thought bubble is, the one that you need to click on to get rid of those. Well, the, right? the text the text was kind of tinted green, a little bit well, brighter than the other ones. I know. It's, well, what I'm like saying that it's kind of fucked up, but well, like after, one of like after you go through the uh, the first time, you can like look at the whole chart. And then you can go up to the blank boxes and it'll say you need this thought to do it. So then I was just looking out for that thought. Uh, well, that, that ties into another thing, though. Like if you play one person's plot and then you move to somebody else and you go back to that first one, like they they, re they refill on the boxes and they act like you haven't seen them before. Because what? Oh, no yeah, shit. that's what I'm getting at. Oh. Like I'm constantly <laughs> clicking on them. That's why I never I, – I guess I didn't have that because I just stayed with the same person the whole time. Yeah. Well, I, I did that the same as you. Uh, like I paid one character until they were maxed out, but I didn't go and, and interact with anybody else that was in that uh, POV. I just like I moved my uh, selection wheel one spot to the right, and I was like, "Can I play this person? Yes or no? If I can, all right, I will continue their POV." And then I just kind of went around the circle that way until I got back to the beginning, and it's like, "Fuck, I can't play this guy yet because I haven't done the fucking arena area two wave five yeah. of the combat yet." Fuck, I guess I gotta go do that. Yep. I mean, it's just fucking it's fucking aggravating to me like what the a thought bubble that you click on one fucking time and the very beginning of that person's arc it stays up there the whole fucking time like i don't need <laughs> oh yeah because if you don't pay attention you can like cycle through the same uh the same like arc like a couple times and you're like why can't i get past why can't i like get 100 percent? I, I, I think i did that like one time until i figured out how to see which thought bubbles i needed so I wasn't like doing things over again. Oh, that's that's another thing that bothered me. Uh, was some of the stuff in the areas were time sensitive, and if you missed like the brief five second window of like a character like coming into a room or leaving a room or something like that, and you didn't like on the fucking train. It, yeah. So like then you you would have no no choice but to like press like was it select or start or something, and it's like re fucking live memory. I guess I'm doing this all over again. Yeah. So it's... you don't go through the whole thing. Yeah, you have to start over. Yeah, are you like trying to ditch a character? You're like, oh, oh, nope, nope. No, let me restart. This fucking idiot kept on talking. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that was a pretty uh, in-depth. Uh... <laughs> we we pretty much put this shit over the coals, uh, I guess. Um, it's not as bad. So I guess we'll give our not, ratings. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just it's not as bad as I, I guess. To me, it wasn't as bad as we're making it sound, but. Yeah, that, that's some of the annoying parts. I mean, the other parts are, I think, were still pretty good. The storytelling is still pretty good. It's just the names are kind of like that's that's the other thing. Like you were saying, like the names are just harder. I mean, to yeah, some of, some of my gripes is for the story, like the but as far as the gameplay, picking the character, I feel like that's a gameplay issue to me. But yeah, I'll for sure, I'll bet you about, about it more in story, I guess. All right, so I guess we can right. grade. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll give it a rating. Uh, I'll give. I'll give it a, a combined three for the, I guess, total gameplay because the visual novel stuff was kind of like not very entertaining, I guess. Like it's a fucking visual novel pretty much. And it was frustrating. Like, like I liked that you could kind of move around the environment, but I, with the way that they presented the, the like options and missable stuff, I would have preferred just a visual novel where I could press X and keep going. Uh, and also, like, kind of like along with Travis, where I would have preferred a, a linear narrative, not a overarching like fucking uh, toss up. Like, because it was just 
I don't like the whole choose your own adventure aspect. We're like, oh, you can learn the story however you like because I. Could you like, I just fucking followed one character to the end, and then when I couldn't yeah. do that character anymore, I, I think it's lazy storytelling. That's what I think. Well, but... It was definitely different. So, I mean, I'll give them that. Like, I haven't played a game like that. The closest would be, like, Suikoden 3 with their Trinity system. But with that one, you're just re you're almost replaying the exact same events just from somebody else's point of view. Whereas this one, right. it's every character has their own, like, story. So, it's a bit different. Like it's gonna be something that works for a lot of people, and then it doesn't work for everybody else because it's like, what the fuck's going on? Uh, yeah. And the combat, it was it started off slow, and it never really got super challenging. Like I only played on normal. Like I didn't play on hard or, or intense or whatever the fuck it was called because I'm a bitch. But uh, I only ever not got. I, there was one mission I got a, uh, an A rank on, and that was I think area three wave ten because I wasn't. Like, I wasn't prepared for what the fuck that, that thing brought, because that thing fucked me up pretty bad. That was a lot of shit going on that one. I played it easy, and I was like, God damn, this is probably suck intense. Uh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I liked, I, liked the, I liked the combat more than I liked the the visual novel part, which I guess is to be expected, because there's actually more going on. And I felt... Uh, like, really, I felt really good playing the combat thing. Like I said, I felt like a commander... Uh, and it was a very unique uh, kind of experience that I've never experienced before. So I'd say overall, I'll give it a three for gameplay. All uh, right. Kevin or Travis, doesn't matter who. Uh, Go ahead, Nick. I mean, Kevin. Okay. I'm, a, I'm also going to probably give it a three because it's not bad, but it's not great. I, I don't think they had the... They needed to blend both of the gameplay aspects better, and I think it was too like separate for me. Like sometimes you'd be too, too much story, or sometimes it'd be too much. Like you have to catch up to the uh, the battle to get to the story more. So then you're like playing like eight battles in a row just to uh, catch up. And they should have kept it more like because a lot of them were was like like you said chapter two or wave two, like or. Uh, 2.5 whatever it was like a lot of the stories were on that same battle so they should have like spaced it out more it's like one of the characters is like battle or wave 2 section 1 and wave 2 section 4 for this guy you know so that way you're kind of spread out more I don't know maybe they... so you liked you liked the, the prologue the way the prologue happened where it would have like a story beat for 10-15 minutes and then cut you right to a battle and yeah. then cut you back to the story beat yeah, I kind of like. Yeah, I like that a lot more. So, um, but the story was like I said, it was interesting uh, for the for that gameplay. Or, but just go. Uh, I don't know. Just it, it just didn't. I didn't. I couldn't tell what was going on sometimes, and I I don't know. Kind of, I kind of kind of made maybe lose interest as I was playing um, the visual novel part where it's like, okay, now this is a whole new thing. I don't even care about this character. Or like, you know, they make it seem like some characters are villains or, or some of the characters are good guys. And then when you go to their story, they're kind of, they kind of, it's not that same thing. So I don't know. It was just kind of um, all over the place for me. So that kind of dropped some points on that for that. So, but yeah, I'm going to give it three. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a two. I mean, 
I really just don't fucking like the visual uh, novel part too much at all. And while I think RTS is pretty good, uh, the way the way they kind of like let you choose it, it just I, I never really could get, sink my teeth into it. Of course, I did have that game yeah. too. But yeah, two two for me. I, I I was more frustrated playing the game than I wasn't. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Um. So that'll be the gameplay section done, and right now we're going to do our first musical break, uh, as is tradition now. Uh, The first pick will be uh, the main theme of the game, uh, as Brent more than likely would have picked. Uh, It is called Brett Overflow, and uh, we'll play that, and we'll be right back. So that was Brett Overflow. Um, now we're on to the story. Um, mainly, I talk about this shit for like, I don't know, an hour it feels like, because people make fun of me about it all the time. But uh, today we're going to do something a little different, because it's, I guess we're going to spoil everything. And for this game, it is imperative that you go into this without spoilers if you really want to enjoy the plot, which is the main chunk of the game. So. Uh, I guess this is like your spoiler warning. I think we're going to try to do a timestamp uh, like that's after this um, info dump. And I'd say we're about, 40, we're about 40 minutes in right now. So Okay. Well, like, the, I mean, depending on how long this takes to talk about, like, they need to skip forward ahead to the visual section. So oh, I don't yeah, know how so that's going to work. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Well, I guess you could do the, the stamp after the second musical break, right? Like, you could just put the timestamp after that because that would be – that's a natural break that we always do. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, so you've been warned. Uh, on to the story. Um, I guess I'm just going to read the synopsis that's on uh, Wikipedia because that works pretty great because there's a lot to this. Go for and, it. And uh, I didn't write 
any of it down as I was playing. Because <laughs> there's a fucking, there's a whole lot going on. Yeah, um, so, uh, essentially, uh, what happens is you start the game off in like 1985 Japan. Um, and you find out that three characters, uh, Jiro Karabe, Iori Fuyusaka, and Shu Amiguchi, are experiencing shared dreams. Uh, every night they have these like nightmares of them, uh, either of themselves or uh, what appears to be older versions of themselves in the future, uh, like doing sabotage, spy shit, uh, or fighting kaiju. Um, and they're all being looked after by the school nurse, Chihiro Morimura. Um, and one of the main characters, or one of the characters, Juro Karabe, he learns that the nurse uh, is giving medicine to a specific, uh, th- like three students, I think, uh, him, uh, Fuyusaka, and uh, this other girl. Uh, fuck, what the hell's her name? Uh, it is Shinonome, Ryoko Shinonome. Um, so, um, so. Just a uh, while, yeah. he's, while he's snooping around her office, he also learns that uh, they have paperwork that refers to him as Jiro Izumi, not Jiro Karabe. Uh, so he, apparently he has an uh, like a all alternate identity that he can't remember. Um, and he kind of just, like, he, br- he brushes it off or whatever. He's like, maybe they're mistaken or whatever the fuck's going on. Um, but then you also learn that there's another character named Yuki Takamiya. Who's being black belt by uh, like this government agency guy um, to uh, monitor all of the students at the high school where many of the characters attend? Um, this character Yuki, she has a friend from childhood named Natsuno Minami, uh, and this girl finds a robot she, she calls BJ because the first thing it says is BJ and then some numbers. Um, but she is really into like aliens and UFOs and shit, so she assumes BJ the robot is an alien. Uh, and in truth, BJ is an AI-controlled robot from 2105 who is searching for the Sentinel that it used to operate. Um, we also learn about Megumi Yakushiji, who is from the year 2025, and who is in love with uh, Juro Izumi. Um, you guys but every time she talks to Jiro Karabe, who doesn't remember that he's... What's that? It says, is everyone following along already? Yeah, there's like... <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm halfway into one paragraph, and we got like five more paragraphs. So if you're confused yet, this is why you have to play the fucking game, because you'll be confused as you're playing the game. Uh, so uh, this chick, uh, Yakushiji, is in love with uh, the Izumi that exists... Uh, in the guy's body before he got the his memory erased and has a new personality on him. So she's like, she's living with him, him but he doesn't remember who she is. Uh, and she's like crestfallen about not being able to be with him because they were in love before. Um, and she's approached by this talk, talking cat who uh, is named Fluffy. And he says that he can bring Izumi's memories back if in exchange... Uh, she does a job for him and she's like, okay, what's the job? And he's like, I'm going to give you this this magic gun uh, and you're going to shoot all the witches and uh, you're going to stop them from destroying the world or whatever. And uh, so she agrees to do that. Um, 
And then you also learn from, about Renya Goto in Ryoko Shinonome. This is the, the previous girl I mentioned who was getting drugs from the nurse. Uh, they both work for this federal agency. Uh, and they bring in uh, the girl, two girls from 2025, the Megumi Yakushichi chick and then Tomi Kisaraki. Um, back from 2025 to... 1985 with them because there's time travel stuff that happens uh, with the intent on having them pilot a sentinel to fight back against the kaiju um, sometime later in the the course of the three weeks or fucking long this is going on uh, some guy named Ace Takahara wakes up with amnesia next to the body of the school nurse who's been uh, shot to death um, and he ends up being pursued by this, these federal operatives. Uh, so now we're going to go back to 1945, uh, where this guy named Keitaro Mira uh, lives with his little sister, Chihiro. Um, and that, that, if that name sounds familiar, if, <laughs> it's because it's the same name of the fucking nurse lady. So uh, he lives with this, uh, 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 this little girl and a, another girl named Tamao Karabe who in the 1985 times is the quote-unquote grandma of uh, Jiro Karabe. And they're both, uh, all these people are friends with uh, an upperclassman named Takatoshi Hijiyama. Um, and there's a new girl that uh, is like a transfer student, sort of. Like, she's not really a student in the school. She's come from, like, up north in Japan with her professor father to, like, uh, work on this like secret military project thing or something and her name is Kiriko Doji but it's later revealed that this person is not actually a woman uh, but is instead actually a cross-dressing man from the famed Tsukasa Okino. Um, shortly after uh, the guy's identity is revealed that was revealed that he's not a, a woman or whatever uh, he gets chased uh, to this temple uh, where he that's uh, one of the operating areas where you can travel between the the time uh time zones i guess time time what the fuck? i don't know how to... timelines yeah um so he travel he uses that to travel to 1985 uh, uh because like uh like a couple of it's hours or days later the kaiju attacked 1945 um and during this teleportation he takes uh the upperclassman takatoshi hijiyama with him uh on accident um, so after 1945 gets attacked, uh, the girl Tamao is killed, and her body like just vanishes. Uh, and uh, Rinya Goto kidnaps the little girl Chihiro, and Mira uh, gets into the Sentinel that he was being trained to operate, uh, and accidentally time travels to 1985. So at this point, every character is in 1985 now, even if they don't know like what the fuck's going on. Uh, uh, and essentially, uh, over the course of the plot, it is revealed that instead of time traveling, the protagonists are actually traveling between five areas of the, uh, what the fuck is it, uh, settlement, I guess, the colony that they are on on this planet. Uh, and each different area is referred to as a sector, um, which is, has been built to replicate a specific area. There uh, was 1945, 1985, 
2025, was it 2065, and then like 21, whatever the fuck, 25 maybe? Something like that. I don't know. But like you never go, you only ever visit what, 1945, 1985, and 2025 uh, when you're actually playing the characters in the game. No, I think you actually go to 2065 too sometimes, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> I hope y'all are ready because we still got like four more fuck paragraphs to get through. <laughs> um, so in 2188, there's a nanomachine virus that has savaged the earth. So this is like the real world now that we're talking about. So what I, what I just was talking about in the last two paragraphs is like a digital world being run inside a computer. And each of the, uh, but you don't learn, a, you don't learn that characters? you don't learn that it's a digital world. It's like the end of the game. Yeah. So, uh. Like well, they hint at it in certain parts, but yeah, you never really know what the fucking full deal is. It's not confirmed until the Tomi Kisaragi from like the previous cycle, who's in this the the satellites. Like, hey, yeah, I'm in the satellite above the colony, and I, like we learned all this information from these data log that were saved from 2188, and it turns out that we're like actually five million years in the future, or something like that, maybe. And we're on a different planet that's not Earth, and blah, 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 blah. Um, so, leading up to that, actually, in uh, 2188, <laughs> there's a nanomachine virus that has savaged the Earth, and the only remaining 15 humans alive are the ones that have been untouched by the nanomachine virus, and they are living in a space colony. Um, these 15 are, like real life people so they're all different ages like uh some of them are like a baby uh some of them are like old fucking lady uh like some of them are middle age um but it's uh these 15 people that have their dna uh, uh taken and saved and they are put into a cloning system um to be used as uh successors to humanity um professor chihiro morimura was unintentionally responsible for the nanomachine virus outbreak uh, because she was trying to get funding for her program um, to, I guess, uh, fuck terraform other planets and use them as um, like potential colonies for future humans or whatever. Uh, but something happened, and so there was a, a virus outbreak, and it's pretty much killed everybody on planet Earth. Uh, but together with the 15 or the 14 other people on the space colony ship thing, they devised a plan called Project Arc, which would send their DNA into space alongside probes to terraform uh, oh. other planets to recreate humanity. Do they explain? Uh, how the however, do they ever explain? Sorry, do they ever explain how the virus killed everyone? Like I, I can't, I can't remember how that happened. Like I, I don't remember that part. Um, like, is it delete your memories think... or something like that? There's some I I don't want to say anything for sure because I don't remember, but it was probably something to do like with like you said memories where they like, turn everybody into zombies or some shit like because they, they just kind of uh, something feels right for me to say that they lost like their personal will and they kind of just yeah fucked I... off and like sat on the couch and died or something. I got you. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure because I don't really remember. Like, if they if they said it, it was, like, a throwaway line, I want to feel like. Because that wasn't the whole point of the the plot. First, like, they didn't focus on that very much. They were focused on the characters living in wherever the fuck they're living in. Um, 
So uh, after they make this plan for Project Arc, uh, one character, Shinonome, uh, has become illusioned with humanity and thinks that all humanity should be like erased from the universe because they are obviously evil and garbage, whatever. So she secretly imp- uh, she secretly implements this Dimos code uh, that would cause the um, there's like a mega corporation that existed on Earth and that they're putting into this uh, Project Arc thing um, to produce the Dimos, which are the uh, interstellar terraforming machines in the 2105 sector and send them to attack all the other sectors. Um, and then once all five sectors are destroyed, the plan would be uh, that the uh, digital world would reset to 16 years prior and everybody in it would lose their memories of the events and it would trap humanity into an endless loop. Uh, that way, uh, the clones that are being made never actually escape their birthing pods or whatever the fuck and humanity never actually uh, like reflourishes across the universe. Uh, but I guess what she didn't know, that there was a Sector Zero that existed within the program. And it's a non-spatial area where people can send their memories back to before a loop takes place, uh, thereby retaining their memories and their age into the next loop. Um, so... <laughs> hope Jesus fucking Christ. I hope everyone's yeah. chapter is written down. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I can't... Like, even reading this now, it's like, fuck... Yeah, I, I can barely follow when I played the fucking game. The uh, so there's the the five sectors are all digital space uh, that the fifteen clones kind of will perceive to be real, um, but everything in there is uh, like a digital construct. The kaiju are digital constructs. The buildings, any other human they interact with, they're all just AI. Basically, you're in the matrix. You're in the fucking matrix. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty much the matrix. <laughs> as soon as I yep, saw like, the the pods, I was like, "Oh, Matrix, got it! I understand everything now." <laughs> so that's that's what that was. What, that's when I finally understood everything. I was like, "Oh, it's not time travel. It's not different dimensions. It's not different like different like." Sp- I, at one point, I thought it was like different space stations. Like we're all different years, you know. I thought that was it at one point. Remember? Yeah. Oh nope, you're in the Matrix, and this is all like. You know, you're living in like a, a computer, and it's different times in the computer. So uh, that does make a lot of sense. I never even uh, thought about comparing it to the Matrix, but it does uh, kind of explain a lot. And then the reason um, they're, the reason they're naked is because when they're in the kaiju, they're in their birthing pods, which they never had clothes on. But somehow, somehow they still got glasses. I don't, I don't understand that part. But well, <laughs> you know, they can't see. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, Living Pod created it's... some some glasses. <laughs> I guess. Well, it's all their perception, right? So they they think they need glasses in the fucking AI world. So it, when they're in the kaiju, the, the sentinels, they're like, "Oh, I need to have glasses to see." I guess because it's not like when they're in the they're in their sentinels, they're not actually like in their birthing pods. Like they their sense their senses perceive the birthing pod as like a cockpit. Right. So that's why. Uh, when they're visualizing it, they're like, oh, this is what it would look like if I were to be in a Sentinel, I guess. Okay. So I, that's just my explanation for it. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, the, so the 
they're all bo- their bodies are all kept in these pods in the real world um, to gestate and grow and kind of like build muscle mass with like stimulation and whatever the fuck else. And this is all being managed by something called universal control, which is an AI system which erases inconsistencies and falsifies information in the digital world to keep up this uh, like training regimen for these clones so that when they are able to finally get out, they have like uh, all the training and information they would need to like reform society or whatever. Um, so previously in one loop, uh, Jiro Izumi and Chihiro Morimura were able to escape to Sector Zero before uh, the destruction of the, the world. Uh, so, and they were able to retain their memories and their bodies and they were sent to the year 2089. Uh, while they were here, They attempted to change the future that they uh, through the destruction by the kaiju, uh, but they were, were they were unable to do so. Um, Izumi got imprisoned, and he was dubbed prisoner 426. Uh, but he broke free in 2105 when they must attacked again. Uh, and I think the reason why he was imprisoned um, was because he uh, like they like bombed a factory or something, um, but they got caught, uh, and he told. Uh, Mormura to leave him. Um, so after he gets out of prison, uh, uh, he learns that the kaiju are attacking again, and they are uh, summoned somehow by the nanomachines that are in the 13 pilots. Um, so he attempts to kill everybody who would, to, who would go on to become a pilot for a Sentinel, but he was uh, stopped by Mormura, who killed him before he could do this. Um, then the year 2025 of that same loop, uh, Ida, who is another version of Amaguchi, is in love with Kisaragi, uh, but she was killed by a kaiju. So in the year 2105, uh, he creates an android in Kisaragi's image and implants her memories uh, that he was able to back up uh, into this android. Uh, he also implanted the memories of Prisoner 426, uh, which is Izumi, into a different android for interrogations. Um, sometime during all of this, the 426 android was able to transfer his uh, mind into the Kisaragi android and put the Kisaragi android's mind into the uh, android that was being tortured. And he was able to escape in this new body. Um, he would eventually transfer his mind to another android uh, in the form of Tamao Karabe uh, in 1985. And then after being discovered by Morimura and the SIU, which is the federal agency, and being almost destroyed, he transferred uh, his mind into the nanomachines that are in Juro Karabe, which is his uh, which is his new body, like his new form, whatever, because uh, he was... He was Drew Izumi. It's the, it's the current generation's Karabe. Yeah, the current loop's Karabe. So the old uh, Karabe went into the new Karabe. Right? Correct. And that's why you see this uh, cute uh, Shiba guy, the blonde guy that only uh, Karabe can see, because he's actually just in uh, Drew Izumi in the nanomachines. Yeah. Um, which is weird, because when you first cat. start playing as fucking... What's that? But he's also the cat, too, somehow. Yeah, he's also the cat somehow. Uh, I don't know if that ever gets fucking explained. <laughs> because, like, how the fuck uh, Yakushiji can see the cat and only she can see the cat. Unless, like... Unless what happened was, uh, because they live together, um... maybe uh, their nanomachines, like, are close in contact. So he, like, 
jumped over to her nano machines too. Yeah, maybe. Well, let's, um, not get, let's not get crazy, Nick. I mean, it's a very simple story. It, it is. <laughs> like, the worst part is, like, when you play uh, Juro Karabe's, like, story, like, you see Kyuta Shiba, and, like, he, like, you talk about hanging out with fucking Amaguchi all the time and playing video games. So you think, like, he's an actual character, but then you play through everybody else's fucking plots, and, like, you learn that the part of uh, Izumi's story that you're playing, like, takes, like, place so far ahead of everybody else's and it's like so weird because he's presented as the first character to play right. as yes but it's all like it's like you get all this info already and it's like fuck like okay why it's almost like to me like why am i presenting this because it's i guess it's like a red herring or yeah. whatever the fuck uh but anyway uh so uh the point of izumi jumping into uh, karabe's nano machines is that he initially wants to to take over uh, Karabe's body. And to do that, he feeds his memories into uh, Karabe over time through this like videotapes he makes him watch. And that's how he's having all these nightmares because he's like reliving all these memories from Izumi. Um, and the cat, like we said, don't know how the fuck that happens with Yakushiji, but she's able, uh, he's able to like Sorry. be a cat and tell her who he needs to shoot. But how does he create the gun, too? Like, that's the other part I don't understand. Like, how does he get her a gun that... Man. The nano machines... <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, it's a mystery point. Kuja, you should have read it. It probably tells you. <laughs> I did. I just uh, don't remember. Might... Somebody, I think, uh, I think Muramura had the gun. I, I mean, oh, if you want me to really think, think about it, I think Muramura had the gun, you're right. and she was killed at this point uh, by a Haruga, what the fucking name is the cat tells her to pick up the gun and use the gun okay that okay yeah I, I think that's what happens yeah I think so uh, we might be wrong because <laughs> yeah honestly I don't fucking know at this point I don't really care because the it's... gun stops the nanomachines from calling the kaiju right well no that's it infects the people with the nanomachines that's the nanomachine gun so everybody everybody that uh, the girl shoots uh, is able to become a pilot for a sentinel Oh, because okay, I don't know why they don't have nano machines initially, and I think I'm assuming. So actually, I, I'm assuming what's going on then would be, uh, four two six has like knowledge of how to manipulate the computer system or whatever the digital system that they're in. So he probably like wrote some code that that shows as the gun, and that's why she can see it. And every time she shoots somebody, like it injects the code into their consciousness or whatever the fuck that says, "Hey, activate your nano machines." Gotcha. So you can call the kaiju. So you can, yeah, use your. You can fight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, <laughs> uh, during the battle in the year twenty sixty five, uh, Ida wished to hasten the world's destruction so they can repeat the loop in order. In order to revive his perfect version of Kisarage. So he sabotaged um, all of the fighting Sentinel forces by creating a virus, uh, codenamed DD426. And he tricked Shinonome, who was in love with him, into implanting the code into uh, Sekigahara's Sentinel. And that resulted in Sekigahara, Shinonome, and Izumi uh, being like mentally damaged, like it fucked with their brain. Um, 
Murmura has become resigned to the facility of continued looping, and she wants to trigger something called Operation Aegis, which shuts down the Diamosis path to universal control, but will tra trap everybody into this devastated world for the rest of their lives with no AI, people to talk to, like no buildings being regenerated, like nothing. It's all going to be fucked up. Um, and so, uh, this kind of like is a couple like a week or two before the the final battle. Um, so the final battle happens when all of the day must arrive to 1985. Uh, the 13 people that are able to fight. Uh, so that's not Tamau and Okina, uh, because for some reason they don't have. Oh, Tamau's dead, and Okina is also dead or something, right? Like he died in the. He got shot or stabbed by these androids in the uh, in the, this underground UFO thing. Um, but was able to keep. Uh, he, I think he, he put his nano machine memories into uh, uh, Hijiyama. Right, that sounds right because he's the only one that is able to talk to uh, Okino. So the only two, they're the only two that don't have a sentinel because they've died already. Um, so they fight the Demos off, and they're able to do this because they're assisted by this uh, idol that showed up on the TV for Amaguchi, uh, who's actually the Kisaragi from a previous loop, uh, which is the one that was in the android that got uh, switched with by 426. Um, so now exists in a satellite that orbits the planet that their pods are on. Um, they're also assisted by the child Chihiro, who is uh, a clone that was made by a previous. Uh, no, so the the real life Chihiro, like, did some special thing with the code uh, of the system so that she could be injected straight. Uh, like her her personality could be put into a child or something that lived in the the AI thing, so she wouldn't die, so she could live forever. Uh, and like lead the clones uh, into the reconstruction of humanity. So, uh, like you do this, all this fighting, like this is all the the combat you do is like takes place right now. Like area one, two, three in the final battle, uh, you fight off the demos long enough for the chick and the satellite to contact universal control and shut down the simulation, which allows every pilot uh, to awaken in the real world. And then five years later, the pilots have formed families with the people that they fell in love with. Uh, the other clones or whatever, and they're able to restore the simulation, and they plan to use the pods they were created in uh, to allow the AI humans in the program to also have real bodies and live in the world with them. Um, so the fat girl can be there. Yeah. So, uh, everybody. She's just a little chunky. So, yeah, I guess fat. She, I mean, she's like definitely way bigger than everybody else. She's just a little, she's a little thick, but she's not fat. Come on now, no fat shaming. Some people. I mean, there's a reason why she's never found love or whatever, right? Well, she likes her food, but she, she's a little thick. It's okay. She's got a little. <laughs> she's always talking about eating and love. That's all she talks about. Um. So essentially, like they, this is their plan. They have all the AI humans come out, uh, but the AI uh, Inaba and Ida. Uh, they plan to live in the universal control um, and kind of do their own thing there. They, they be in love as programs. Uh, Izumi and Morimura uh, reunite because uh, Jiro Karabe accepts that he was Jiro Izumi before. Uh, 
like he doesn't accept like the memories or, or whatever completely but he accepts that he's a new person but he still loves Moimura, so they fall in love uh there's a secret cutscene that you can find in the uh mystery files or whatever the fuck that shows um that the self-replicating machines were sent into space by project arc have set up a new version of earth on another planet and are repeating the 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 game's events on that planet so it's implied that there are every habitable planet for humans has this thing happening at the same time on that planet um there's like a huge listing here of each like a summary of each character's plot like you all want me to go over that here we, we good with just the general plot synopsis no we're good <laughs> okay because <Yeah. laughs> no one's gonna <laughs> i thought so but i could have kept going no Ugh. i think that the the basic like if you want to boil it down to you know, a simple synopsis it's like uh earth was you know inhabitable they sent copies of everyone of the the 13 or was it 13 people that weren't it's 15 15 people that weren't tainted uh to all these different planets and then they have to live in this computer program until they're adults but then there is a someone sabotaged it so they gotta figure a way to around the sabotage to wake up and then they wake up at the end basically all this all this story is to sell toys that's what the whole point of the game is oh there's a lot of toys really yeah the 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 whole like this thing was presented all this is is for a toy line Oh. From what I was told, and I looked into it, and like, yeah, I mean, they might elaborate way more on the story because it got whatever greenlit by um, VanillaWare or whoever. But yeah, like the whole reason this these characters even exist or anything is for to sell toys ever in Japan. Isn't that crazy? Interesting. Sounds about right. Honestly, that's how Transformers started. Yeah, at least Transformers, you can comprehend what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but can you, though? I mean, can I mean you Optimus though? Prime dies in the movie, and then he comes back. I mean, it's pretty simple. <laughs> so Fair I guess, enough. I guess we like or dislike about that whole mess. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, for me, like, um, I thought it was interesting at first, but it's just way too convoluted. It's just too much going on, and the names make it even more confusing, especially when they're, like, three different names for the same per Like, one person has three different names, and it's like, yeah, I remember the future version, and then you gotta remember the now version, and then there's, like, oh, there's the AI version, too. And you're like, fuck Yeah, and they're like, this person's me. switching like, bodies, and this person has two personalities, and... Yeah, so, I mean, to, I, I, it was definitely interesting, but... The gameplay didn't, um, I don't know, like I said, the the mix wasn't the right ratio for me where it kind of got overwhelming and I just kind of like got bored of it and like, you know, once you get like, once I wasn't engaged, it was hard for me to remember everything at the same time. So it made it a struggle to get through the game. So, I mean, it's, it's like, it's really interesting, but you know, I'm, I'm just going to give it a three as well, you know, just a three. Just in the middle, it could have been better if they would have explained it better, or they had the names, or wasn't so convoluted. And when it became the Matrix at the end, I kind of like, I was like, oh, they just did the Matrix, you know what I mean? So I don't know. It was I was a I had high hopes, and then I didn't. I guess I didn't have high hopes. I was just like thought it was gonna be an interesting time travel uh, story, but it became something else. Fair enough. All right. What are you, Travis? Right. Um, I'm going to have to give the story uh, two. I just, it's like, like 
Kuzma said, it's just too much fucking shit going on, and the way it's presented to you to like, try to like figure out yourself picking the characters, and and then it takes way too long for you to actually like get it. And by that point, I was already burnt out and didn't really give a shit. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I play when I started actually playing this. I played this like over the course of a week when I could, so I was able to finish the story pretty much like without having too much of a break between and i didn't mind it too much um i mean i would have like it's definitely hindered by the gameplay like having to swap between different characters or whatever and then like pop back and forth between different times um but i thought it was uh i guess such a departure from timmy lately it was almost like a breath of fresh air, uh, even, even if it was like a really confusing <laughs> at some points. Um, they have like there's the one character Renya Gota, which uh, I think is what you, you said was senpai or whatever, Travis. Yeah. Uh, uh, like his his whole plot line is essentially like tying up loose ends or like ex- having to explain everything. That he's happened. well, he's fucking smarter than everybody else apparently. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was the leader of the company or something in the real life. He's like, uh, oh, I, I got this fucking notebook, so I I can remember everything that's going on, unlike everybody else. Yeah. Well, he's also like, I just time traveled a couple times. Or at least yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought uh, the, definitely the presentation could have been better, but I, I did enjoy uh, it for what it was, because it, it was definitely something unique and... Uh, I don't know, I'll give it a, I'll give it a four, I think. Mm. Okay. I, um, I, did, so. I did enjoy like the characters as them like the characters are pretty good or pretty well written. I thought like themselves. I think all the characters. Yeah, I think all the characters are actually most of them are actually pretty cool. I like a lot of them. Like like the um the the girl with the shorts that has the robot, and I like the main girl like uh whatever the fuck her name is <laughs> Fusiumi or I can't remember their goddamn names. I like the the prisoner guy. He's my favorite. Who? What guy? The prisoner, uh, three eight seven or whatever from the previous. Time. Oh, El Seca. Kurt, something more. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. They should Bob. just use normal names, right? <laughs> I mean, we fucking all three played the fucking game, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't name all of them. No, uh, I mean, it'd be, like I said, it'd be easier if they were like English names or something. And it's also been, what, a month, month and a half since we all finished. Yeah. So it'd probably been easier if, it had, if we had done this review like the day after we all finished or something. But that yeah. is what it is. Even then, I still uh, think it's, it's, hard I will to, say that, it's hard to remember the names, but yeah. I mean, I will say that I typically like Japanese confusing storytelling. I mean, I like Xeno Gears and Xeno Saga and stupid like shit like silent hill where it's just like kind of batshit crazy but i just feel like this game just for me took way too long for you to like right there was too many characters maybe if they <laughs> cut it you know maybe 20 percent less it might have been a little bit better and then they they uh weave the story a little bit better with the gameplay i think it, i think they have like a good like a good idea for something like this could have been really really good but i think it was just too bloated at one point where it's like you start getting overwhelmed or burnt out with the story slash gameplay. Yeah, I said, I mean, 
I feel like for me, I if it was presented as an anime and like a one season, twenty some episodes, I probably could have got into that way more. Because then they would have it presented it in the order they wanted you to understand it. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm reading this scenario. Uh, I guess description of like how they came up with the, the plot or whatever, and it says uh, that the original concept had seven or eight characters, but then they started doing the artwork, and the I guess he's the president was like, "Fuck it, uh, we'll make it 13." And so <laughs> they pretty, he pretty much doubled the workload for everybody in the company, like having to do. Well, that more, makes uh, that makes sense. Like then. scenarios, more characters, and all that shit. So, uh, was that because of the toys or for what? No, so for the toys, apparently, the the game was it's according to Wikipedia, it says the game was originally pitched to an unnamed media company on the basis that it would be used as a uh, that this like this game would be as the basis for a toy line, like as you said, with marketing exclusively in Japan uh, and to have a low budget and low sales margin. So, I guess they were just trying to. Like this guy had an idea of a science fiction story he wanted to make, uh, based in the '80s, and he's like, nobody's gonna fund this, so let me see if we can like tie a toy into this or something. Um, but then they remembered that um, Atlas had been given the right of first refusal, apparently, as part of their contract to fund Dragon's Crown. Um, and so they were they're like, fuck it. Well, uh, I guess we have to at- talk to Atlas first and see what and make sure they refuse us and then we'll go back to this other company and like make these fucking robot toys or whatever uh and the guy like had robots not to sell the the actual like the humanoids uh yeah it says as part of the initial pitch uh kamatani created mecha with uh hulking designs it's inspired by a show i guess called robot jocks Um, and then he's like He's like, yeah, nobody's gonna like really like this. And then apparently they showed Atlas, and Atlas was looking for a game to market internationally. And they like, they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, we'll do this because it said they it says they immediately accepted it without even having to think about a toy line marketing or anything like that. They're like, yeah, just make the game. So I guess well, there's no toys. Thing. Like that's why I kind of huh? got excited about it because it looked like an interesting like new IP where it's not like a sequel or uh, you know whatever. What was the sequel? Well, so good for them. What? It was received very well. It's actually up. Not that I give two shits about the game awards, but it's up for best narrative. Yeah, it's it's not a bad game. It's just like it like it just gets frustrating and confusing at times. Where it's not like I guess some people understood it. If it's up for me. best narrative. Yeah, I mean, it got nominated in Japan for like best narrative last year. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I guess we're done talking about the plot now. Yep. Everyone great. Okay. Yeah. So it was it two, three, four? <laughs> two, three, four. What we got? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I did too. Yeah, to two, three, four. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, so we're on to our second musical break. Um, this song is called Deoxyribose. And I guess since I'm the only one that picked a battle song, uh, I guess this would be a good time to do this like fun fact uh, that all of the songs they use for each of the waves in the combat sections are named after a different kind of molecule that's used as a building block for, uh, I guess, humans. Oh, so awesome. that's, that's really cool. Neat. Yeah, nice. Um, so I picked the Oxyribos because it has it's a wave ten song for each of the areas. So it's got like the most, uh, I guess, upbeat like the one with, the, with the girl singing in the background. Uh, no, I think that's the final battle song. 
but this one like this one has like some chant in it and it has like some girl singing but it's like it's like a weird mix of like 80s i think almost like techno and like rock oh, and like this like, yeah. like classical violin shit thrown into it and it's like it's it's like a melding i guess of all the different eras uh the time periods or whatever that they have in the game and uh it's just uh i feel like i feel like it has a lot of emotion to it and it gives me chills every time I see it, so.
All right, so that was Deoxyribose. Um, next time, we're going to talk about the visuals. Um, this game mainly supported 2D visuals, but the uh, combat stuff was pseudo 3D-ish. Um, it was, uh, I mean, if you if you follow VanillaWare, uh, you know that their 2D stuff is going to be beautiful. Yep. Uh, this was not no exception. Uh, like all the characters are uh, animated very well. Uh, there's no like, like a uh, weird like cuts between different animations that they do. Like I thought there was very were very many animations. Um, and I think actually the building backgrounds for 3D. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like there like there's lots of 2D stuff, but then they kind of like do like a 2.5 3. D thing for some of the background stuff, uh, which doesn't take you out of the experience. Like, it, like I didn't even think about it until now, and I'm not even 100% sure if that's right or not. But uh, regardless, uh, I feel like the visuals themselves were fantastically done, um, except for like the combat stuff, because that was like it looks almost like a like a like what like a 90s, 80s, 90s like arcade game kind of thing, where like yeah, they, it's, it's kind of sort of aesthetic, but it's it's kind of like Command and Conquer, almost. What it reminds me of. Kind of. It's like it's very minimalist, which I th- I think they had to do because I think uh, by the time you get to like the later waves, like and you have like a thousand fucking enemies showing up, like yeah, it would have been way too busy to have actual models on the screen, not just the little arrows. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure it took them a long, a good amount of work just to do the the visual novel sprites. Cause, I mean, sure that should have been easy. Um, so I mean, for me, I'm gonna give it probably a four, because uh, like I like I said before, it would have been cool to have like cut-ins every time you use an attack with your mechs or whatever in combat. Like I'm mainly de- deducting a point uh, because of the combat shit. Like, uh, like seeing the like I guess wireframe sort of of your mech like on the field as you're moving them was kind of cool. But like that's it. That's all you get at the mech. Like you don't see it doing any attacks. Yeah, and all the enemies are just like things that uh, you can tell the difference in them but they're not really anything yeah like uh like the small enemies are like well like arrows or something and they're, yeah. they're either floating in the sky or they're on the ground so you're like okay yeah. so that's a small weak fire or that's the uh, ground worker dude or whatever and then like the the mine ones look like a roly-poly kind of thing yeah uh, and you're like okay those are the mine things and then you got like the i don't know like these other like i guess normal like bulky ground units that are just that i've never like i never i don't think i ever got hurt by them i just kind of blew them up or punched them with the mark one guys and then you got your there's like what three or four different like large units yeah the, the quad they're like factory units or like ones they make other yeah, the ones. factory unit and there's like a flying terra carrier or something uh, and like they're all kind of like you see like them visually, but it's not like nothing like impressive. Like none of the combat stuff's gonna blow you away. Uh, though there are there's a lot, every time you're using a, like a missile though, there's lots of fucking explosions. So there's always explosions going off, and like sparks and shit from like shit being destroyed. And like it does its job well. Like it, it I, I think it transfers uh, what it's the intent is visually, but it's nothing that'll. Like I, it'll never, it'll not blow you away. It'll not, it's not gonna win any awards for like looking fucking amazing or anything. It just, it's satisfactory. Yeah, yeah. 
So what do you guys think uh, about the visual? I'm just I'm gonna give it a four. I pretty much agree with everything you said. The visual novel part looks fucking awesome. And then the RTS stuff. It's not nothing great, but it's effective for probably what they really needed it to be. Yep. Okay. And now I'm going to four as well. Uh like you guys said. Um I was the the visual novel stuff is amazing. Like it looks so good. I I love it. Um but the battle part where I just felt like it was such a contrast of how good the visual novel looked compared to, and maybe that's what maybe more, a little bit more disappointing when you go into the battle and you're like this, that's it. There's no like animation or anything like when you're doing like a special move or killing, like, I don't know. I just felt like they could have put a little bit more into it, even a little bit more. It would have been better, but uh, you, you, you don't even see the mechs. It's just like dot. I feel like you're just looking at dots like on the screen. You know, yeah. So they would have been satisfied if they had like cuts, like five second cuts. Like you'll fire a missile, and it like does an animation of the missiles being launched off the sentinel, or like you destroy like a swath of enemies. Like so, like for me, like 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 you pick like uh like missile rain. I think like Travis was mentioning he used a lot. Like and then they show a five minute cut of the mech shooting out the missiles, and then like it shows on the gameplay the missiles like hitting the enemies or whatever. Like maybe show like another three second cut of the exploding. Yeah, because when you're looking at like the screen, like your mech just is like a green arrow, basically. <laughs> yeah. And then like the other things, are, like a red arrow or like a red, I don't know. They could at least like dr- like had the mechs like miniature like drawings of the mechs like moving around. That that at least would have been better. But so that that's where I was like kind of disappointed in it. But I mean, the rest of the game was really looks really really good. So. Yeah. And William Morris tits they bounced around a lot. <laughs> that's probably a good thing. That's that's the vanilla wear. Like that's the Japanese uh anime aspect of it for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's the only thing that's like I think that's overly uh like done though. Like hers. That like, everything like, else they, is the nakedness of everyone's kinda tastefully done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like her tits it's bouncing around like when, she, when she's a nurse in the beginning. I was like, oh, okay, all right. Well, this <laughs> one of the characters in everyone's games. So. Yeah. So. And all the characters like fucking comment on it too. All the horny little teenage boys. I mean, wouldn't you? Uh. Probably. I mean, I can't say I wouldn't. But, uh... <laughs> I mean, I'm commenting I... on it, and she's a fucking video game character. So. I don't know. I yeah. just feel like that's kind of like video games now where like there's always going to be a big boob character and there's going to be someone saying something about it because that's what uh they know a lot of kids are going to be playing this so they they want that <laughs> well at least she's of at least she's an adult with bouncing boobs not a 15 year old true so there's not that weird perviness going on yeah like in trails <laughs> yes that's what i was referring to <laughs> i mean that's why y'all speed I wish that's the one thing I like trails like it get like when you first start playing trails like in the sky or there's not that much of that kind of stuff going on there's a little bit of like that but when you get when you get the cold steel especially at four it it just over the top so much they really got to hit their target audience and like they went from like an actual fantasy world to school life and all that school life shit is all about that fucking uh, yeah. Like social, like oh man, like especially with the female characters, like the flat-chested girls are always like, oh fuck those big 
titty chicks, and then the big titty chicks are like, haha, you ain't got no tits. Yeah. And then the, the boy characters are like, oh man. And then the other girl's, titty, the other girl's tits are comment on the tits, and it, it's too much, yeah. It, it went from being a grounded uh, JRPG to pretty much being fucking shonen, is what it is now. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I watch a lot of shonen, and I think I think it's more like slice of life shit that you're talking about. Cause... Well, I'm talking about like the, the way the char- the way the characters are. It's not like that teenage oh. fucking superpower. Like it's it's just um shut the fuck up. I just... Yep. Yeah, I guess I watched like the I guess it's called Sane or something. I don't know the the stuff market for adults. Yeah, it's like what Parasite and stuff is. Yeah, considered. So that's I think so. My mistake about the shonen. You're absolutely right. It's uh, trash. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyways, um, uh, that's I mean, I don't watch like fucking fan service harem shit. Like it's like I'm not twelve. Yes, I don't need that in anything I'm consuming anymore. And it's a shame when like you have a good property and they just like throw it in the trash like that. Yeah. Kind of like how I felt about Fire Emblem, but well, yeah, that's why I fucking pretty much boycott the motherfuckers. And I'm, I mean, I actually think Conquest had great gameplay, but the, the fucking over the top weebness to it is like, come on. There's desperate, like desperate people out there. I guess I don't know how else to explain it. And they fucking. I mean, I guess it sells the mouth. So. Yeah, it definitely builds up, uh, like word of mouth too. Like when you have all these fucking horny losers just talking about how they want to fuck some characters or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. it even applies to cyberpunk. So I don't know if you've been following this any. Like I haven't really been either. But uh, like more than half of like the comments about cyberpunk are not like, hey man. Uh, how is like dealing with the different like corporations or whatever sabotage them or like are there any cool cars that we can do? What about mods for my character? Like if I change my arm or something, does that give me different power ups or something? No, it's like, hey, can I swap my dick out for a pussy and then start getting fucked in the pussy by the other characters and shit? It's like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> did, did, yeah, was. I mean, I guess I can believe that. Damn motherfuckers out there. Yeah, fucking. It's it's so uh, it's like everybody's inundated with sex for some reason. Because the uh, world is fucked up, and that that's just what the world we live in. That's, that's true. So. But uh, I guess we'll talk about music now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the composer is a uh, Hitoshi Sakamoto, um, and I guess he's most well known for is Final Fantasy Tactics, but he's also done like the Ogre Battle stuff and a bunch of other random shit too. Yeah, he's pretty much he pretty much follows. He's done everything for Matsuno. I think he's done almost everything from Vanillaware. And he he's just he's that a dude's lot just been shit. doing shit. He's all, I think he's the best JRPG composer, or the best Japanese composer. I mean, personally, he might not be my favorite, but I, I think the dude's awesome. It's definitely really good. I don't remember a lot of the songs for this game, but I think we established earlier that's because they're mostly like generic background. Uh, like easy listening things. And that's not really my cup of tea. It's not for me either. But I, I like I can respect that he he can just he can just do that. Like, yeah, like he's he's definitely ta- uh, talented. He's got lots of breadth to his work. So that's oh, it's a good thing. Uh, it makes bangs a lot of the Final Fantasy Tactics soundtrack. I like the Ogre, ba- Ogre Battle soundtracks. Uh, so I'm sure anything I listen to him. Uh, or from him, I could find something to to enjoy. He's good, at, he's, he's good at like the 
you know, being kind of like somatic in, in like war stuff. Like he, I think he does all the Valkyria Chronicles games too. Ah, okay, okay. So he just has like that knack for like there's more like political war games. Okay. Um. Well, I'm gonna just give it a four, I guess, because uh, I I liked most of it. Like I don't remember anything like being bad. Like we've played games before where we had to turn the music off because it's fucking horrible. Right. And uh, like this was good. Like I did. Like I got some goosebumps from some of the songs. Uh, like the one I mentioned before, I listen to at least twice every day when I'm on the way to work. Uh, this is really really good stuff. So four for me. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go four as well. I mean, nothing stood out to me, but I never remember disliking any track in it. And I don't think that he was trying to make the music, but so staying out, staying out. Yeah. Um, I think he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 4.5. I mean, I, I didn't really notice the music, uh, going or happening while I was playing the game. I guess there's some points I did, but when I went back and tried to find a song, it was really hard for me because there's a lot of ones I liked. So I'm going to give it up a little, uh, give a half a uh, point more just because I, it surprised me when I went, went through the soundtrack and I actually like, wow, there's a lot of really good ones in there. Because like you said, there's like, what, 70 or something? It was a lot. Well, I think is your brain is... You just all your brain is used up trying to understand this fucking stupid ass story. And <laughs> you can't really, can't even really comprehend the music half the time. Yeah, that's that is true. You're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. So the music's not distracting you from that. So that's a that's a plus. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a very good point there. <laughs> like, and I guess it it also uh, doesn't help that I think each area you go to has its own like background music. So some areas you're in for like maybe thirty seconds. Yeah, uh, yeah. dialogue leave, and in some areas you're in for like five minutes because you're walking around like, what the fuck do I interact with? Continue the plot. What's yeah. going on? Um, and then there's like the whole typical like, oh shit, uh, high energy like yeah. we're about to die music that they play when like the androids come and attack and stuff. Yeah, that's good. I like that stuff. Yeah, so, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, speaking of music, we'll go into the musical break three, uh, which was Kevin's pick. Yep, my pick is Good Times. Uh, that's the name of the song. Uh, I don't remember what part of the of the game it's from, but just going through the soundtrack, I was like, <laughs> that, I kept going back to that one as my favorite. So, so here is Good Times.
so now we're on to overall. Um, and as Brent would say, this is expectations versus reality. Uh, so not necessarily, uh, I mean, it, it just kind of depends on each person's, I guess, take. Uh, for me, it is definitely the overall experience of the game. Um, like, I didn't expect too much going into it, and I try not to expect too much going into games. I just hope I have a good time. Um, and for this one, I would say I had a great time playing it, despite uh, a lot of the visual novel, I guess, uh, flaws. Um, I definitely, when I actually started getting into it, uh, did not want to stop playing. And uh, sometimes I laughed with the characters. I, I wouldn't say nothing like super tragic happened that made me want to cry or nothing. But uh, uh, it was uh, an enjoyable experience, and I uh, wish it lasted a little bit longer than it did. But I think it felt like it had a good uh, length to it. I think I finished in about 32 hours for the Platinum. Uh, which is a decent amount of time. A little short for, I guess, a JRPG, but this is not really a JRPG. It's more like a visual novel strategy thing. So it is what it is. Um, and I guess overall, I'd give it a four. Damn. So, Kid, are you dying over there? No way. That's my girlfriend coughing because uh, she smokes weed all the time. Oh, uh, I thought it was Kujo. Oh my, was he got fucking COVID? <laughs> uh, all right. I'll go next. Um, I would give it a two. I was actually, the game got really good reviews and seemed like people were really liking it. Like you just said, it has a new IP. I, I liked Odin Spear quite a bit, so despite it got a little bit repetitive, but I was kind of looking forward to the game quite a bit. And I just, I don't know, I just got burned out in the game. I was not that enjoyable for me after so much time. So. All right. I can recommend it, I guess, if you're finding it on sale, but I personally would not pay full price for this game. Well, it's a good thing it's on sale right now for Black Friday. Yeah, I heard it's on sale for like, was it 30 bucks? Yeah. 40? Cool. Hey, yeah, I'm going to try. Go ahead. Um, I'm going to give it uh, 3.5. Um. I liked playing it. There's part like uh, you're saying, Nick. There's times where I did, didn't want to stop, but there's also points where I got overwhelmed or I was getting bored with the like some of the character stories weren't the greatest, um, or the battle. Like I had to do like ten battles in a row or something. Um, and I was, ex my, I guess, the real thing was like my expectation was like a time travel story, and it kinda is, but it really is the Matrix. So that kind of like knocked it down. A little bit for me when I got to that, r r like, reveal at the end where they're just in pods. Mm. I mean, still the so story. So it's kind of like. What? Sorry. As I say, it's kind of like a Mass Effect three thing where the most of the game's good, and you get to the end, and yeah. it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I was like, okay, and oh, they're they're just in pods. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I thought there was gonna be something cooler that happened than that. And maybe if if the Matrix never existed, that would have been a cool concept. But it's like that's already been done, you know. So uh, okay. when you were like think of a new IP, I was like hoping for something original and clever. But I mean, it's still all clever. It's but it's, it's convoluted at the same time. So it's not terrible, but it's not like great either. So okay, makes sense. All right, uh, so for our last category, we've got replayability slash extra content. Um, and I guess this usually applies to, like, if there's a new game plus or if, like, there's a post game or 
uh, like, is it, there's a big reason to replay the game over again and maybe like uh, take a different path or do completely different builds for your characters to or whatever to have a completely different experience. Um, and this one kind of is lacking in that category. It has a endless mode at the end of the game where you can do the uh, combat if you really loved it and just keep playing the combat. Um, but like that's like all it's got, because <laughs> you you experience the story. It's a visual novel thing, and then that's it. Like you know the story, and then all that's left is combat. So uh, 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 I, I'm gonna give it a two point five because unless you really really like uh, the combat, which I like, I thought I think I thought it was enjoyable, but I don't know that there's enough uh, that changes with it to warrant wanting to just run hundreds of waves of, of enemies over and over again. Um, but, I mean, maybe some people want to do that. So, uh, for me, I'll give it a 2.5. Okay. I'm going to give it a 2. Because um, to me, like, when you're thinking about replayable, replayability, extra content, um, you're thinking, I, I'm also weighing against other games out there. So, when I think about other games, you have to really like this, this extra... I'm only giving it a two because you got that endless mode where you can keep playing um, or else there's no real reason to go back to it because anything else you can just look up on YouTube and if you're like oh I wonder what the ending is again you can just look that up you know so really you're to me there's not another reason to play it again like if I want to remember some of the story parts or beats I can just look it up I don't really need to play it so uh, that's why I'm giving it a two fair enough Travis uh, what's the lowest we can give it a one one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I give it a one. I okay. I can't see why anybody would want to replay this game after they played it the first time. Even if you got a lot out of the story, I don't really see any reason to ever touch it again. I know you said that the, the whole RTS thing could go on forever, but you know, there's some crazy people that love that shit, and they're just like playing it over and over again. I but yeah but there was like if you're gonna do that if you're that into RTS I would think you just you would be playing something more like StarCraft or you would be playing something really in depth if you care that much about RTS most people I would think yeah that's, I I don't play a lot of RTSs but I imagine this game is pretty basic compared to a lot of that I've seen well, it's a it's a different it's like a merger I guess of tower defense and uh, RTS. Yeah, because you have to defend your little uh, terminal thing or whatever. Um, so I mean, I guess you get different formations of uh, the kaiju coming that you can fight against. Uh, presumably, I don't know how the rest of the extra shit goes, but I mean, assuming that's why you would—that's that's the incentive to play it to just tackle the different uh, waves of the kaiju coming at you and use your different teams or whatever the fuck. I mean, I guess like they have. I don't know what like the cap would be for like leveling up like your uh, character stats or your uh, like the chip bonuses or whatever the fuck you get because like I guess they go up to ninety nine. The highest I ever got was like five maybe because I ran out of uh, the chips and I wanted to max out my armaments on the sentinels before I did any character upgrades because like that was a like a static boost you could see like you upgrade your fucking missiles and it's like yeah this. Missile does an extra a thousand damage every time you upgrade it. I'm like, fuck yeah. Why would I not do that? Right. Uh, like you go to level up a stat, and it's like, uh, your strength goes up by three every level. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. 
like three strings. What does that translate to? So, I mean, I guess you could really max all that shit up, max your character's like stats if you really wanted to, uh, but you'd have to really love the game before you did that. Which, I mean, I'm sure there are people that do, but I gotta imagine the majority of people are not fucking doing all that shit. For sure. So. Alright. Uh, well, this is our last musical break, um, and this one's Travis's. And, um, uh... Yeah, I don't have the name of it. It's the school theme. It's the only one that I can really remember sticking out in my head, and I didn't have time looking through the rest of the stuff, so... All right, that's so what I'm picking. Either uh, he's gonna get me a na- the actual song, or I'll just pick one and I'll uh, patch in I, a little. I mean, I'll, I'll find, I'll find we, it. Uh, <laughs> after this, I'll probably like look up a video of somebody doing some gameplay for this, so, and then like find one in the school section, and I'll listen to it, and then go back to the OST and just go through them all until I find the one that matches up with it. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you might be able to just do YouTube. Uh, Yep. School theme and it pop up. Yep. I'm sure right, there's, so couple, there's probably a couple school themes too. There's probably like the old, like 1945 school theme. There's like the 1985 school theme. I bet you there's th- four of them. Probably. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. here it is. <laughs>
that's the show. Uh, what are we playing next? The fucking Cthulhu Saves Christmas thing? Because I guess we're never going to play Birdsong and whatever the fuck else that other one is. Why not? Why can't we play that and then do Christmas? Because Christmas is not even out yet. Yeah, uh, well, it is on the PC. So, oh, it uh, is? Are we going to play it on the Switch? It's it on the out- Switch, I think, isn't it? It came out 2019. Uh, it's not coming out on the PS5 until like March or something, I think. Oh, so well, let's play a Switch. Okay. We can do yeah. That. Let's do that for. We'll try to get out before Christmas so we have a Christmas episode. <laughs> it's, 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 probably, uh, it's probably out more than 12 hours, right? I mean, I imagine it's no more than seven, eight hours tops. Yeah, we can knock that up. Just the hard part is getting us all at the same time. Like we're definitely going to talk about it because we've been done with this game for like two months almost. <laughs> oh yeah, it looks like Cthulhu Saves Christmas is six hours if you just do the story, twelve hours completion. I wonder if the I wonder if the combat's just as good as Cosmic Star Heroin. I might put that shit on the the hardest difficulty and fuck with it. Guess we'll find out. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll say that's our next game. I think uh, Travis and I are just gonna do. Cold Steel 4, just ourselves, once we're finished with it. Okay. Which is going to be a fucking rage fest for me. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I'll, I'll, like, I'll admit the it's way too bloated, and it's story... I don't know, there's just too much going on. I miss, I miss like, the sky, where it's, like, one story, and, you know, it's, it's simpler. It's just way too convoluted at this point. And then once you figure out, like, once they explain the big bad, you're like, fuck. I got pissed off. <laughs> so. I just, I just, I just hope they show Reen's penis at the end so we can see how big it really is. Oh. Well, aren't they, like, tying up, like, three plot threads, like, shit left over from uh, Sky, and then you got the Crossbell shit, right? And then whatever the fuck they started in this. Well, those are, I mean, sort of, I mean, those are kind of self contained. Yeah, they're self contained. But this, but they, I mean, this new thing, this. the thing in uh, uh, Cold Steel is it affects all the countries, so that's why they can get all the characters from all the countries in there. So that's that, that's how they tie it all together. I but, the ra- but Rain is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. He's the greatest character of all time. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> I mean, he's got <laughs> fucking just special fucking powers. Now he's got some kind of fucking some crazy zombie powers. Got the fucking mech. Every fucking chick wants to fuck him. Everybody confesses their love to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a JRPG protagonist, I guess. Yeah, but he's just... He's... This is way... This is ridiculous. Like, I can't... Like, I just be skipping... I told you, I'm just skipping fucking dialogue. I just don't even want to hear... Look at his fucking face. Yeah, that's such a shame, because I get we're hyping this shit up, like, the first two games, and now look at what we're at. Well, I love the first game. I was not great about the second. Third, I thought was somewhat better, but it just gets fucking weeby, and just, I'm just over it. I still love okay. it. I still love it, um, but I'm biased because some of my favorite characters show show up in this, so I kind of feed off that. And I'm hoping like the end uh, pulls it all together. But at the end of chapter I... two, where they kind of explain what's been going on, I was just like, oh. I just think it's a terrible decision to have a game that's this story driven with all this lore and to have the main character before games not actually have a distinct like love interest. Yeah. Like I get it, maybe in the first game they were fucking around trying to be like persona because that's like selling, that's cool, but it's like what are they gonna do in the next fucking game? Like are they just <laughs> Yeah, what's every the, he what's just the fucking choice? everybody, it's just a whole squad of people that love him. 
Yeah. You know, in the other two arcs, there was a lot of interest. I think in, in the crossbow games, you, you kind of had choice between two. But, you know, there was a canon one after that. So, um, I don't know. I just think it's a dumb decision. And that's what I liked about uh, Skies. That it's just a Stellan Joshua story, you know, and, like, how they started together and then went apart and then came back together. Like, that's that was good to me, so. But Yeah, it's... It's too. It's just too fucking weeby. It's. I just cannot. The thing I hate about, it. like, I, I, I'm. I don't like about these new ones is like, you know, someone turns out to be bad, but they're not really bad. They're like controlled by some other bad force. Like that's all. Like that's a lot of about what they've been explaining. So that that kind of annoys me. That's a lot of cop out. Sounds like it's yeah. Dude, they, they, dude, they did not. Oh, I can't think of the fucking word, but it's like they don't hold themselves to anything. It's like. People don't fucking die. Someone fucking dies. Oh well, actually, yeah. Like, just fucking do something. Like they're not like, kind of like. Well, I guess I don't like uh, comics, but this is different because it actually is a story that they're trying to tell. Yeah. All right. It's like lots of rubber bullets and shit. Yes. That's okay. Like, it's aggravating for me because I. I think that it could have maybe been one of the best DRPG series ever for me if it would just been a little bit more mature mm-hmm. and actually, you know, stuck to what the hell is trying to well, say. The characters have arcs and they have like personalities and they have life. Like that's what I like about it. Like they're so in depth with the characters. But they got this huge. It's like Sukuden where it's got this huge world, world and all like in lore and like all this stuff, which is it's cool. It's just I don't know. I feel like they try too hard to like. That's they spread themselves too thin in these games where it's more um uh localized or like centralized where on a certain group in like the first couple games where when you get to Cold Steel it's like now you got all the games and you gotta get time for all the characters and all the people and it's just And everybody's got a fucking nickname now. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, in like in the old ones it was like the main the, the you know, the divine boy, like the main fucking people had these names. Now like, every every motherfucker's got a nickname. So I guess that's a tangent on Cold Steel, which we'll get into in the one of our next podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to listen to it. It sounds like it'll be fun. <laughs> I know I know Travis is just gonna go off on it, so it's gonna be funny. Alright, uh, uh yeah. I mean I love the I'm loving the gameplay, but yeah, the gameplay is fucking great. That that's they definitely balance it out where you have to use everything. You can't just use your arts. You can't just use um, uh, what else? The crafts, like your S craft. You can't just S craft everything. You have to use a combination of everything. Where before, like one game is more heavily arts, the other game is more heavily S craft. Where this is definitely balanced. So I like that. Okay, and hopefully I'm, I want to try to get a microphone because I'm recording this through my phone and not through the headset. Yeah, you sound fine to me. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just I feel like I should get a microphone and try to actually do it a little bit more legit. See how what happens when Kujo uh, puts it out. Yeah. Okay. The thing to get like but the thing for my iPhone that tries to charge it, it's like it won't go, it won't charge, so I can't hook the adapter in it. That sucks. Yeah, and it's like not even a year old phones. I think I fucked it up, so it's my own fault. I just blame it on plant obsolescence and say fuck Apple. Yeah, I mean, I don't give a shit about Apple either. I just had this Apple for, or iPhone for so long, I don't like switching over. 
Fair enough. All right. Well, I guess. So, uh, how how long we got on this one? Uh, it's about, about an hour and a half, hours. two hours. It's almost two hours, probably. Once I get the music in there, it'll be about two hours. All right. So not too bad. Not too bad. I guess we just got to close the show out now. Yeah. So uh, if you made it this long, then uh, kudos to you. Uh, <laughs> we have a Discord, so make sure you come in and uh, talk with us about this game if you want to, or talk with us about other random shit. Or if you're a special breed of uh, piece of shit, you can uh, come in there and post pictures of your PlayStation Five <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and say, "Hey, look at this PlayStation Five I got," so that uh, Kevin and I can just get mad. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking bullshit. Fuck PlayStation 5 and Xbox. Yeah, if you have a PS5, just don't come to Discord for a while. Don't be like, it's so Hello. easy. Uh, all I had to do was go to this web. No, you bought on eBay. Fuck you. I don't believe anything you're saying. <laughs> Dude, well, my buddy in the other chat, he he did say he uh, snagged one the other night. I don't know if he like got one online or if he just randomly went to... Uh... You, gotta, you gotta get lucky because you gotta be online at a certain time right when it first like drops and then you gotta be able to spend an hour or two hours refreshing or reloading and backing out, going back in. Like I've, I could have got the one at Meyer, but I had to be on like be on my computer for two or three hours because of the 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 queue they had. So yeah, well, I'm I'm probably pissed if I was trying to go for one, but I bought a dishwasher, so that would be my my five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait until tax income time or whatever. Yeah. Should be plenty by then. Hopefully. Yeah, you would think. Oh, well. Um, the links to this court will be in the description, I think. Um, you can also email us at the uh, at rpgshow.podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions. Uh, I know we didn't have access to the email for a while, and that's because of uh, me being lazy. Uh, and it was also like, a, it's like a, Brent had done a G Suite thing or something. I don't know why, uh, but you had to like, pay for an email. And I don't see the point in that when you get free. Gmail has free emails. So I guess it's like special privileges you get with the G Suite. I don't fucking know. We are uh, getting all these. We're getting all these emails, aren't we? I, don't know, I haven't checked. So. <laughs> this is the, well, this is the first time we actually said the the email, so we might we might get some now. Fair enough. We um, we're also gonna include a, a uh, link to our Amazon. Um, what is it? Affiliate thing in the description so if you want to do any shopping with that it, uh, it'll go to help us uh, keep the website up because uh, it's going to be renewed I think in March so that'll be the thing we got to pay for um, and if you, you go... email Nick any ideas you want since he's web designer now I no. guess I don't know I'm, I'm still working on it still learning the HTML CSS JavaScript shit so we'll see what happens alright um if you want to, you can check our friends out, uh, Blaine and James, on the Is It Worth It podcast. Um, we also do the RPG roundtable. Like, I guess I haven't done that in a couple months, but uh, that's more of a random, generalized RPG discussion. Um, Does anybody also, else have anything they want to add? We also have a Facebook page, and I think I've linked the Discord and the email on the Facebook page, so it's the RPG show on Facebook. Um, you should be able to find us on there too. Sounds good. Well, on that note, thanks for listening and until next time. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye, bye everyone. Bye everybody.
Thank you.